content is not scary. Content is something as long as you're adding value. And when I say add value, tell somebody something that you wish they knew. If you do that, then your business will grow. It will take time. Nothing happens fast. If it happens fast, then it's probably not going to last. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Our special co-host today is Andy Reese, who's a producer from iteachblogging.com. Hey, Andy. Hey, Jared. We are fortunate today to speak with your dear friend and my soon-to-be dear friend, Renee Grosskreutz. Hi, Renee. Hello, folks. Okay, Renee. So I think you know this is coming, and I've totally skipped in the intro because we're going to really put you on the actual hot seat today. So that said, let's go ahead and do my favorite question. What is the best concert that you have ever been to? (laughs) You know, I knew this was coming, and the answer doesn't represent me well, nor does it represent my taste. But I have to be honest here. The best one is Marilyn Manson. All right. I wouldn't have guessed that. No, who would, right? But (laughs) honestly, ever. But it's the best concert I've ever seen. I just one of those things where, you know, I'm always trying to venture out. And that is Mm. a major venture out. So I did it. Mm. Now, my favorite ever concert would be from Terry Hendrix, which is a folk singer. So there you go. Oh, a little homework. Now, was it a Marilyn Manson acoustic show? No, it was just a regular show, but it was the best sound, best everything I've ever seen in my life. It was absolutely amazing. Am I a Marilyn Manson fan? No, but I have to be honest and give kudos where I gave them. So. Yeah, that makes me a little nervous about you, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. No, Everybody kidding. should be a little bit nervous about me, honestly. You know, that's the way it works. So, but yes, definitely look up Terry Hendricks. Best, my favorite. I see her every time possible. There you go. <laughs> Terry Hendricks. Okay. Yeah. Is there a specific song that you recommend that all new Terry Hendricks fans should enjoy and look up? I should have known you would ask that question. She writes a song, and I can't think of the name of it right now, but it's okay. about taking on the big radio stations because nobody mm-hmm. plays her music, and so she wrote a song about that. And it was this definitely something that I think everybody starting up should listen to. So I'll have to follow up with the name on that. Okay, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. But we will have something in the show notes. How do you spell her name? T-E-R-I-H-E-N-D-R-I-X. And I'll send you that for the show notes because that is a song that everybody should hear, especially people that are going to listen to this podcast. Yeah, well, and I think people who are into blogging and podcasting, they're all about you know putting themselves out there blogging or doing their thing on a podcast because maybe they're not on the radio or they're not you know writing for some big publication. So we, we can somehow relate to that song and we haven't even heard it yet. That's right. It's for the underdog. All right. So let's have a little more fun here just for another minute. Uh, You just went to WordCamp Austin. Yes. So finish this sentence. My favorite thing about WordCamp Austin is... That I realize I know nothing. Ah, okay. Yeah. Not what you expect, right? No, not. And I'm seeing a pattern in the answers here. Right. No, I mean, I'll, I'll expand on it if you want, but go ahead. If you would. Okay. Yeah, I think when you go to something like that, if you're someone like me, you're in your world, right? And you know what you know really super well. And it's Mm. so important and crucial. I mean, we're headed off to another conference, but it's really crucial to get out into that world and realize that sometimes there's so much more to learn. And that's what WordCamp did for me was there were some exciting things that I learned, for example, where responsive design is headed and things like that. There was just so much that happened and so much information that came at me. And one of the most important things that happened for me at that conference was that I heard a gentleman speak and 
gentleman, I'm terrible with names as you're going to figure out here. But anyway, I heard a gentleman speak and one of the important things that he said is don't feel like you have to know everything. Be okay with sometimes feeling like an imposter and not knowing everything and being okay with saying that. So that's why I wanted to say that because it's true when you go somewhere like that, there's so much that you don't know. And this is what I really always try to stress to people that it's okay not to know anything as long as you're willing to learn. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So it's okay if you don't know the song by Terry Hendricks right. or you don't know the don't speaker's know name. Thing, you know? <laughs> um, I think you're thinking of Chris Lema. Yes. Oh, Chris Lema. Yes. Interesting. Okay, yeah. Yes, definitely. That should go in the show notes too because very inspiring stuff. <laughs> That's cool. You don't remember Chris Lima? Come on. I, I don't no. remember. <laughs> if I didn't write my own name down, I wouldn't remember it. Okay, so speaking of your name, oh. Andy and I were just talking about this. So what are some popular mispronunciations of your last name? Well, what I get the most is, can I speak to Renee Groot? Creates crotch. I mean, at least they don't get crotch. I mean, oh, oh that's you haven't had that one. one in a while. Okay, <laughs> yeah, but it's all over the place. Most of the time, people just stop at the grow part and then hope that I'll fill it in for them, which is why I need to change my name because it's absolutely ridiculous. So, if you change your name or when you change your name, what would be the likely new last name? Good question. I'm going to go with Bridges. That's my grandmother's maiden name, and it means a lot to oh. me. And I feel like that's what I'm doing with life is crossing bridges all the time. So I think it's appropriate. Building bridges. Building bridges. Yeah. Building and crossing bridges. Absolutely. I, I march across those things. I hope Terry Hendricks is listening to this because that's, that's just a great song title right there. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah, definitely. I'll send this to her. <laughs> okay. She'll know. So if I, call you, if I call you Renee G for the rest of the interview, well, actually, I can call you Renee Bridges. Well, hey. yeah, there you go. Just Renee. Each one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How do you and Andy know each other? Andy, you want to answer this one? Sure, I'm going to throw that out there. We've been working together since 2010. And one of our challenges was spreading ourselves a little too thin because so much about business appealed to us. So we have touched book and author marketing, social media marketing. Together, we have worked on WordPress platforms and Renee currently builds blogs and websites. And she's finally found some focus with I Teach Blogging and reaching out to bloggers who want to build a successful blog. She helps them strategize and learn the tools to help them build that empire for themselves. Um, The only thing is, is that it's taken a while to get to that point. So we worked together crossing those bridges, see what I did there, in order to come to this point. So we've actually learned a lot. And what would you call that, Renee, that being the Jills of all trades on this? Absolutely. So we've been Jills of all <laughs> trades together. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, it does. Right. That's a fun description. I enjoyed that. All right. So being the Jills of all trades, let's talk for a minute more. Let's stick with Austin just for another minute. Sure. So your topic at Austin, what were you talking about? Oh, I didn't actually speak in Austin. I just went. I- oh, so you just went. Yeah. Okay, I- I really, I felt like it was important. Sometimes I go and speak and then sometimes I feel like it's important to sit back and really pay attention to what other people are talking about. So yeah, I didn't talk. But you do speak at a lot of different events and I actually have heard you speak. You have? um, I believe so in Orlando. No, that wasn't me. That wasn't you? Okay. No, but then I do I'm speak. Wrong. I'm actually... <laughs> no, you got that wrong. But that's okay. Never spoken in Orlando? No. I might have stopped okay. by once and had something to say, but no. But okay. yeah, I do speak. Oh, I speak at conferences, and then I'll be teaching at SMU in the fall, which is a... I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's a big college here in Dallas. So I'll be teaching blogging there. So yeah, I do plenty of speaking. It's okay not to know everything, Renee. If you didn't know that, I'm going to Thank you, you so much, because... Very helpful. There's very a couple free. of things I don't know. <laughs> 
There's a couple things you don't know. Okay, so with the speaking, you're obviously helping bloggers, and you also have a podcast. So you have the My Blogging for Business podcast. What compelled you to start that? And let's talk a little bit about your podcast. Okay. Yeah, that's a great question. Honestly, I was sitting around one Sunday afternoon and I'd been thinking about it for a while and I decided to break all of the rules, everything that I teach. And I just sat down and said, if I'm ever going to do this, I need to just do it. So I just literally sat down at my dining table, which if you listen to that first one, God help us all, you'll you'll know because I can't even have a mic. I just used a computer mic, but I felt like it was an important part. I mean, I think that we're not just one of the things that I preach in blogging is that it's not just about putting words down. You really got to connect with people and provide different types of media. This is a media world. It's not just just a words world. It's not just a come to my website world. And so I think blogging was just the logical next step for what I'm trying to do. Okay, so has your podcast, has that opened up an opportunity for more people to find you? What have you been your results since you launched that? They've been spotty because I haven't put a lot of focus on it. When I get back from Copy Blogger, I plan to really start ramping up with the podcast. For me at this point, it's just been an experiment, which is kind of good because that's what I do. I tend to go out there and I don't want to use Pat Flynn's phrase, but the crash test dummy, but that's kind of what I do. And so Mm -hmm. I went out there and I realized, okay, now I'm seeing that this has the real possibility to open up doors. So I'm going to start rocking it, so to speak. But we're here and this. My podcast may have something to do with that. (laughs) <laughs> it does. It all leads to Renee is awesome. So all roads lead to that. Okay. So, all right. What are some of the common challenges that you're finding that new bloggers are facing? Because you've been in the game for a while. This isn't your first rodeo. No. There's a lot of bloggers out there. So how do you, you know, what are some of the challenges they're facing? And then the follow-up question to that would be, how do you differentiate yourself and all that noise? Okay, that's great questions. My favorite thing to talk about. I think that one of the biggest challenges is because bloggers take on all, there's different kinds of bloggers. There's the bloggers who hope to blog for life. They hope that's their job. And then there's the bloggers, the ones that I really want to speak to are the ones that own a small business, right? And maybe like I have a dear friend that owns a small business and I keep telling him, you have to blog because blogging is the pathway to success. But the biggest challenge is that everybody thinks they can't write. And so they're not good enough. And then, of course, they think they don't have time. And that's a whole other conversation. But you have time for what's important. But the biggest thing is when people say they don't have enough time, I really think what it comes down to is the fear. They're afraid that they're going to be judged. They're afraid they're not very good writers. And so I've had some successful blogs in the past, but I wanted to start something fresh, which is what I did with ITB. I teach blogging. And so I talk on my blog a lot about my own fears, right? Because I figure if I can talk about my fears, talk about the fact that I'm not a very good writer, but I do have something to say and I can add value if you pay attention, right? And so the party supply company down the street, he can add value with his blog too. And I think that people really get caught up in their fears and their insecurities and they're afraid they're going to be judged. So I think that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest challenge. So speaking of harsh judgment, you recently had a blog post called You Don't Have Enough Time? Question mark BS. Yes. Can you enlighten us? Give us the summary. Yeah, I think this is a curation from someone else that I, I admire her blog and I tried to design. I really, when I first started looking at blog designs to redesign my blog or to design this blog, I was like, gosh, you know, I love her design and everything. And so I was like, hey, I totally want to rip her off. Of course, that didn't work out. But, <laughs> well, you know, honestly, there is no more original thought. That's what I tell my clients all the time. Hmm. There's not. But, oh, well, I could debate that all day. But anyway, I think the thing is that with this particular post, what I wanted people to understand is everything in life comes down to choices. You can make the choice to sit around and think about how afraid you are to get started blogging, or you can just sit down and start blogging. And that's really the basis of this is that we all have to grow up and we have to realize what's important to us. And that the other thing and the thing that I put in this particular post about me, see, because I always try to say, okay, I'm going to tell you something that you need to think about for yourself, but I'm going to tell you about myself too. 
one of the things that Andy really does for me is keep me on task because I wake up every day and I have all these amazing ideas. You know, I have this foundation that I want to start. I have this thing. Let's do this stuff. Let's do that. I have a lot of ideas, but you can also only have so many plates. Everybody has 24 hours in a day. And I hate that saying because it's so incredibly cliche because everybody says it, but it's so incredibly true. So I had to kill some babies at the beginning of the year. Mm. You know, if you know what I mean. I didn't really kill any babies, but just some puppies. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I had to kill some babies at the beginning of the year because I didn't have enough time. And there does come a true point when there is true that you don't have enough time, but you create time for what's important. So I now have two plates instead of three plates. And if yes, I can find the time. Yeah, I broke mm-hmm. some plates. So if I can find the time, so can you. If your business is important, I believe this is the best pathway to promoting it. So there you go. Andy believe that everybody should blog? No, absolutely not. I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, there are plenty of people out there. Their business isn't coming through any digital portal. So, but if a large percentage of their customers or clients, any sales at all are going to be found through a landing page or any other online means, it's a great way to help drive traffic. But that's not everyone. Right. I'll give you a perfect example. I own a social media company and a few years back, a funeral home came to us and they really wanted us to do their social media. And I turned them down. I said, no. I said, because the next logical step is it's not just social media. You've got to have something to point to, too. Right. So let's imagine that funeral home down the street had a Twitter account. First of all, I'm not going to follow them because that's just depressing. And second of all, how much content could we really point back to? Right. How much (laughs) engagement could we really have? Are you dead yet? No, I'm not. Okay, good. Well, if that happens, let me know. I mean, right. I mean, so there's certain things that there's certain industries that just don't fit it. I'm probably never going to read a plumber's blog. It's not going to happen. Although I need one right now really bad. Yeah. Wait, I have to disagree with that one because I think an average homeowner might get a lot from reading a plumber's tips about trying to take care of your pipes and what are the best ways to keep things from stoppage. I don't know, Jack, about plumbing, but I might read a plumber's blog if it was really helping me out. If it was just too salesy, I'm not very well done, but the odds are I'm not going to necessarily look for it. But if I stumbled on it and it was helpful, I mean, but isn't that the whole point of all digital presence is to add value. Without it, people stop listening. Absolutely. And I will say this too, Jared, I think one of the things to think about when somebody comes to me and they say, you know, I think I want to start blogging on like, that's fantastic. Like I did a consulting thing the other day. I said, that's fantastic. Go home, write 20 blog posts and call me. (laughs) When you've done that, then I think you should blog. I don't care how amazing or talented you are. If you don't have the ability to dedicate yourself to it, then there's no point in doing it because it doesn't help you. You have to keep going. I mean, it's just like podcasting, right? What's the point in podcasting if you don't keep letting out podcasts? No, I see your point. But if you say, hey, go write 20 blogs, obviously some people aren't going to do that. So is that deflecting possible clients? No, I don't think so. I mean, it, obviously, it wasn't quite that blunt and simple. Okay. Well, it was that blunt, but it wasn't quite that simple. I, I mean, I gave her a specific task. But my point in saying that is, I don't even tell people, you don't even need to have a blog built until you have a certain number of blog content written. Because A, one of the things that's going to happen is you need to see if you're really willing to do it. B, your voice is going to change before you get through your first 20. Your perspective mm. on things is going to change. And you might even change your topic. 
as you start going, that happened with me. I started a blog on productivity and realized I'm not particularly productive, so that's not going to work out. Ah, nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, it's like I'm addicted to productivity tools, but that was not my passion. So I transitioned, right? Mm-hmm. I think that happens a lot. So I, I told her, I said, okay, I understand this is what you want to write about. Now you need to go home and you need to start writing. First thing you do is you outline some titles. Next thing you do is you then start writing some summaries. The next thing you do is then check yourself and go, okay, am I staying on task, right? And if mm-hmm. you can accomplish all those things, then no matter the industry, you probably really need to talk about you doing some blogging. Are you a big fan of, I must have an editorial calendar? No. I mean, I have one and it's a fairly new thing for me. I've only had it about maybe three months because I keep everything in Evernote. Everybody is different. And so I'm a big fan of doing whatever is most functional for you. I do like the editorial calendar. I've started using it, but I also use Evernote. I keep everything in Evernote. That's how I track everything I do. So I just talked to somebody the other day that has 200 blog posts handwritten. Can you believe that? (laughs) Wow. And then she dictates them. So she clearly doesn't need a blog calendar because she just can't stop writing. Well, so, Renee, let me let me ask you this, Renee. If you were just starting out with a client, would you recommend an editorial calendar, you know, to jump on Jared's bandwagon? Because, you know, no. if, if you've never, if they don't know what their style is yet, would you say, you know what, why don't you go ahead and start with one? It'll help you get organized. Would you recommend it? I think if you start recommending too many tools to someone that's just getting started out, that it starts to intimidate them. And what I really want them to do above all things is just to start writing. So I think an editorial calendar is very valuable and I would definitely introduce it into the process later. But if you introduce maybe for the the advanced blogger. Right. Absolutely. Do you use one, Jerry? I do, actually. And and I'm kind of like you. I recognize the season of life that I'm in. And so just because I have a specific tool or a specific desire to follow some criteria, that doesn't mean that's always going to happen. And case in point, you and I were going to do this interview before, and I wasn't able to do it at that time because life happened, right? right? And so I think that's an encouragement to the listeners is you got to know what's doable and what's not and be flexible when you need to be, but also driven and task-oriented when that season is ready to. You got to do the work, but sometimes you got to give your up a little bit of break and there are times when you can't do everything and you're not superman or superwoman and that's okay but don't let that be an excuse either if that makes sense well i think so i'm a big big lover of tools i mean i just started a trello account this week i love tools but the problem is that sometimes when you start somebody off with a new idea when they're going to start blogging or they're going to start podcasting or they're going to start whatever they're going to start twitter if you introduce too many tools at once then now they have to learn the tools plus they have to think about this thing that intimidates them at the same time and so Mm. that's why i think it's important to just start writing just start blogging i mean that's how i end all my podcasts blog on i mean can i I be blunt sure please if someone really has valuable information to share start anywhere and get it out there but have your friends your colleagues take a look at your stuff if you can't write do video blogging and some of it is about just getting started and learn as you go sometimes but when it's valuable people will find you and i do believe fans will lift you up if you have valuable content that gets out there but if you suck then just go (laughs) find something else to do yeah all right, that's a good segue here because earlier you talked about, Renee, how you started productivity blogging and you realized, okay, yeah, that's actually not my passion. So let's talk about shifting and pivoting. What encouragement do you have for the listener who's saying, I'm trying my idea right now and I think it's a good idea, but I'm having ABC challenges or whatever. So somebody who needs to potentially pivot, how do they recognize that and then what do you recommend? Right, well... 
the beautiful thing of the digital world is pivoting can happen in an hour. It's a beautiful thing what we do. And it's also a terrible thing. So the first thing that I would say to someone is, let's talk about what you think your challenges are, because maybe your challenges are this. And this is what happens to a lot of new bloggers. Like I just started a new blog. I mean, this blog is still just a baby, if you think about it. And I don't have a ton of readers right now. But I know that that's part of the pathway. And so I think what happens is people start blogging and they go crazy. I've had a client that did this. He just went nuts. He was just blogging every single day. And I would call him and I'd say, slow down. You're blogging too much. You're going to run out of juice. You're going to get burned out. And so I think that happens a lot. People get to a certain point where they're excited. They go through stages, right? It's kind of like stages of grief. They go through, they're so excited and they're blogging all the time and everything's amazing. And then they wake up one day and they realize not even my mother is coming to this freaking blog. And so that's the point when people decide, oh, I should do something else. I should pivot. Most of the time, I don't think that's true. What they need to do is stay the course. But I, if I think it, it's okay to ask for feedback. Ask your Twitter followers, ask your friends, your neighbors, your dog, get it in front of them and say, let me have your honest feedback. Is this adding value to your life? Would you read this on a consistent basis? Would you listen to my podcast? It's okay to really ask for help from your people in order to get that 360 perspective on things because, you know, tunnel vision works. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Make sure you're asking the people that are going to be brutally honest, too, because some people will be nice Absolutely. and be like, no, Andy, this is wonderful. I love plumbing. Absolutely. That's- <laughs> right. right. Totally. That's a good but- point. After all of that, there is still a time when sometimes it's important to pivot. And so if that happens, you just have to be clear about it. You have to then sit down and think it through. This is your perfect opportunity. See, I think pivoting can be so incredibly exciting because you've already been through the process. You already understand how to use the tools. You already understand what the blogging is about. And now this is your moment. This is your moment to actually sit down and go, okay. I did this, I sucked, I screwed it all up, I did everything wrong, whoever what, right? But now I have the opportunity to take all of that experience and do it right. And that's Mm -hmm. exciting. So pivoting can be exciting if you then stop. Just stop long enough to really think through what you're doing and plan it appropriately. And I think that's the most important thing about blogging is planning in advance. And I think sometimes people start off and they didn't plan and that's okay because you can stop, you can take a breath and you can plan. And sometimes that plan leads to a pivot. Renee, let's talk tools for a little bit because sure. I know you enjoy the tools. Oh, absolutely. So, you mentioned Evernote. What are some good tools for someone starting out and then maybe a few tools for someone who's a little bit more advanced? Okay, for blogging. Yep. Okay, I would say the most important thing, I have to say this, this is crucial and it's not necessarily a tool, but it all ties in. The most important thing is to own your domain name. If you are serious, if there's any way that you can make money from what you're doing, then own your own domain name. That is crucial. Okay. And then the next thing is have a good method of writing something have a good internet connection. See, I go very basic. That's the key for me is that I really want to talk to people about the most basic things. And then let me talk for a second. And as far as tools go, because he actually I think we only have less than four minutes left. But I mean, on on (laughs) I teach blogging, you actually mention. see, this is what I do as a producer. I get a reel around. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she recommends things like she's a huge fan of MindJet, Evernote, things like, of course, I'm drawing a blank. But Have you used Scrivener? No. Uh-uh. Okay. No, I'm a big fan. Yeah, like she said. So I think everything comes down to planning. So Evernote, MindJet, and of course, WordPress. Believe it or not, that is a tool and that's important. And then Do you make have plugins? Sh- Do you have plugins that you recommend? Yeah, I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. And then make sure that you have installed on your site, Google XM Sitemap. Okay. Google Analytica. Make sure that you have your Google Plus connected to your site, right, for authorship. Yeah. 
Yoast. Good point. Yeah, and Yoast. Make sure that you have oh, it. Yoast. Yeah, oh. Yoast. This is what I learned at WordCamp. There is no other SEO plugin. There's just that's Yoast. That's right. That's right. There's just Yoast. Yeah. Actually, that's true. And I believe I, that. if you can't afford or don't understand how to use Photoshop, then I highly recommend learning PicMonkey. It's free and it's really yes. simple to use. It is. Yeah. Man, that is really good advice, Rick. Okay, so there's probably listeners right now who are thinking, I'm interested in starting a blog. I need to just reach out to Renee. How do they do that? The best thing is just go to iteachblogging.com or email me at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at iteachblogging.com. Okay, so Renee and Andy, who's doing something that interests you? All right, I'll go first. I'm particularly, I can't help but say it, Pat Flynn. I'm a fangirl. It's crazy. But also Viper Chill. There's a website called Viper Chill. Have you ever heard of it? I have. Yep. Okay, cool. He did something that I found completely interesting and fascinating. And he was doing a site, a blogging blog off really with some other people. And one person is doing black hat SEO. One person is brand new that's never done a blog before. And then one person is doing basically using social media and very white hat. They're doing this thing. And it's amazing to me. And I think it's really interesting to learn about and to watch. So I'm really, really fascinated by Viper Chill right now. Very cool. I don't know if this is sucking up, but I'm kind of a fangirl about podcast movement. And, yes. and you know, I have to say, Jared, is that every time we talk about you and your show with Star of the Doubts and we've been in the webinar and everything and the jeweler's jingle comes to my head every single time. Um, <laughs> and I would sing it, but I'm not a singer. But I'm just saying that basically adopted the Jared's jingle cool. now for us. So Star of the Doubts, it's just really inspiring. And I started following, is it Kamanzi? Yeah, Kamanzi Constable. Kamanzi. Yes. Yep. Well, yes. he's he was really inspiring, and that was a great podcast. So I've become a podcast fangirl. We're really looking forward to podcast movement in August. I mean, it's going to be here in Dallas. Yeah. So actually, oh, Madison, yeah, totally. But- well, let me ask you this, because we can talk for another few minutes. Oh, okay. Renee, you've done a lot of events. You've done a lot of conferences. You too, Andy. So what are two or three, if someone gets the chance, they should? Well, oh. I would... Oh, wait. We're just like tomorrow morning, we are leaving for the authority intensive conference happening in Denver. Darren Rose, is it Rose or Rouse? He's going to be there. Seth Godin. Oh, I know. Gosh, there's a whole handful of really big names that are going to speak to content marketing, content management. We're real excited about going to that. It'll be our first. Cool. That sounds like fun. It's going to be great. Yeah, the podcast conference will be our first two. Or for podcasting? Hey, you're going to have a blast. Yeah, that's going to be... A- oh, by the way, there's a really good podcast meetup group in Dallas. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't. It's really good. I think they meet every month. It's called Podcast Dallas. I think it's podcastdallas.com. That's awesome. So, that's worth your time. Well, no, I didn't know that. And, and to answer that question, too, I wanted to say something that may be a little unexpected, but in every community, there's a lot of conferences happening, very small conferences, right? So, for example, back in East Texas, where I'm from, a tiny little town that only has a Dairy Queen, they had a writer's conference. Mm. And I wasn't able to make that conference, but my business partner went. And I think that little conferences like that, people like us should go to them. We should go and add value because that's something where people, a lot of times, the very small, very small conferences get overlooked. And there's a lot of, not, and I'm not even going to say from business, but there is business opportunity there. But also there's opportunity to add value. And every time that you can go to something like that and you can advise somebody, get in a conversation with somebody, make connections, not everybody has to go to the very large conferences. Not everybody can afford to go to Copyblogger, but you could probably afford to go to your local community. No, I love that. That's great advice. And it may make sense for you to start a conference or an event at your local Dairy Queen. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, right, a banana split and talk about podcasting. <laughs> There's worse things in life. Absolutely. Uh, Renee, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? 
Yeah, I do. I think what I really want to encourage people is that content is not scary. Content is something as long as you're adding value. And when I say add value, tell somebody something that you wish they knew. If you do that, then your business will grow. It will take time. Nothing happens fast. If it happens fast, then it's probably not going to last. amazing or talented you are, if you don't have the ability to dedicate yourself to it, then there's no point in doing it because it doesn't help you. You have to keep going. I mean, it's just like podcasting, right? What's the point in podcasting if you don't keep letting out podcasts? 